0: Sooner fans, Longhorn Nation, welcome to episode 61, the Boomer Bebo podcast. The only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, University of Texas, and the University of Oklahoma. I'm here with my man, Kevin Miller. I am John Whitson. Kevin, this is a podcast exclusively dedicated to covering... Oklahoma, and Texas, so to stick with that theme, what do you think about Michael Orr suing or threatening to sue the Tui family from the blind side? Is is your illusion of everything that was right with college football completely shattered?
1: I mean, I don't know if I ever thought that that was everything right with college football. It worked out for him, right? It worked out for
0: him, but... It's very, it's very simple. Okay. It is very, 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 very simple. He's got a book deal and he's making a big deal out of this just to create buzz and create interest and to drive likes and the whole thing, because he was a grown ass man when he graduated college and signed his first pro deal. Okay. So that means he's an adult. It means he has an agent most likely a lawyer, they knew or would have known if there was a conservatorship. And if it was such an onerous conservatorship, they would have taken money away from the contract or from any endorsements he signed. Clearly, none of that ever happened. All right. So whatever happened with this conservatorship and this guardianship and whether he was actually adopted, I I don't really know. And maybe that was the right thing to do. Maybe it was the wrong thing to do. Whatever. But dude, come on! Like sixteen yeah, years I'm, late. 16 I'm reserving judgment
1: on ev- on all parties until I know more. It's a weird situation, right? It always seemed like this was a kind of a happy ending. Well, but apparently dude, there's something there, right?
0: No. Well, here's the deal, right? So, so the whole idea behind the movie was that he, you know, he chooses Ole Miss because that's where his family went to. And yeah. quotation marks from the from the deal. But there's an NCAA investigation. Listen. Hugh Freeze is his high school coach. If you don't think something, is that. something shady was happening, it's it's that simple. There is no doubt that there was some shenanigans. Hold on. Also, who was the head coach of Ole Miss at the time? Ogeron.
1: Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, oh. <laughs> double well, trouble, what's,
0: man. Well, what's-his-name had just been fired, right? Hadn't Houston Nut just gotten fired? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Houston-nut. Yeah, so Houston-nut, whatever. Hugh Freeze and Ogeron and then Hugh Freeze ends up being an offensive coordinator at Ole Miss. Dude, listen, there was some shady stuff. So yeah. whatever this conservatorship is, I am not, I am saying that it is not a, whatever really occurred was not a Disney movie from the beginning. Right. No, we'll agree with that. Can we agree with absolutely that?
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay. Yeah. And not to, not to mention whatever white savior complex that needed to be examined in this movie. That was probably inappropriate. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole yes. thing is weird. All I'm getting at, though, as far as the technicality of what was released this week with this conservatorship or whatever, it's a bunch of nothing. It's a nothing burger. It means nothing. He's just it, – it's 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 irrelevant to his entire life since he graduated college because he would have known about this when he was – yeah, when he signed it, his first contract. It sounds
1: like they weren't stealing his money. I think it's – Maybe he's upset about all the money they made off of his likeness as a result of the movie and everything. That's hey, what it sounds
0: like. I, I'm sure. I, I'm sure that's fine, but dude, that was like 17 years ago, bro. I know it's been a long. You time. You know what I mean? It's been a really long time. Into like yeah. be upset about it after you've had. I think the dude had three NFL contracts. That means he got paid. He had. Yeah, he had he, a good career. He had name image. He had name image and likeness stuff going on. He was getting endorsements as a result. Yeah. All I'm saying is, is if you believed in Disney, then, you know, just I'm sorry for you out there because I always thought this was a shady deal. I still think it's a shady deal, but I think this particular episode is a nothing burger. Also, I actually said to my wife that uh, the daughter was pretty good looking, maybe better looking than the actress in the movie that played the daughter. And she said, no, she's a sorority ugly girl. I didn't even know that, that those two words always went together. Have you heard that before? I have not. Well ask some, not. ask your ask your wife and see if she knows what a sorority ugly girl looks like. I mean I just like she like spit it right out. Like, oh no, no, she's not she's a sorority ugly girl. I'm like, oh okay. Oh. I didn't know this okay. was a classification, but hey if Adam says that's what it is and more than likely oh. that's what it is. All right. Back to the greatest rivalry in college football. Oklahoma with a ginormous setback on the recruiting trail, losing out to Missouri. Uh, the services of Williams Zwaneri. Um, by the time this came around, this was not a surprise. I think that this is everybody who was trending in Missouri within the last couple of weeks of this recruitment. Uh, Oklahoma still holding out hope that they might be able to get him back if Missouri has a bad year and they have a good year. I don't know, man. I I mean, I guess on the, on the silver lining is you're happy that a team that Oklahoma is in on a big five star like this, but yeah, it is kind of upsetting to lose to Missouri. I get that.
1: I get that. I'd be upset. Too. And it seemed like, you know, about a month ago, it was a sure thing, right. That this kid was going to OU. Yeah. And over the last couple of weeks to start here in Missouri a little bit more. And then it seemed like the night before it was just, it's Missouri. It's, it's not OU it's Missouri. This thing isn't happening, man. I don't know the kids from St. Louis, right? Or yeah. Lee summit, right? Lee summit's outside Kansas city. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he's close. It's close to home. Apparently they have a huge NIO thing going on for him. So, man, I get it. Sometimes the pressure to stay home, it's just bigger than going to play somewhere.
0: I'm like, oh, you. Well, I think there's an opportunity that we can flip it. But, um, you know, if the NI, see, that's the thing with NIL. And, and it's kind of, schools determine how they're going to use that NIL. And especially a school like Missouri, who, who probably has a decent collective, but can't really compete with Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, Texas on every player. But, no, man, I bet you wouldn't, think, you wouldn't think so. But when they can target a player, you know, like Williams-Wanary, if they can target that specific player and say, look, this is our cornerstone, we're going to unload the truck on him, I I don't see any reason why they can't be very, very competitive with NIL. Yeah, I agree. But one thing that caught my attention with that is when he
1: said, apparently he said after he announced his commitment was that he chose
0: Missouri over Georgia. Right. Yep. What was that about Well, you know, again, I don't follow recruiting, so I I, I don't know um, what his motivation was for saying that. But it's not unreasonable to think that the the two-time defending national champion coached by Kirby Smart wouldn't have a pretty good, compelling case to recruit a player of this caliber. No, I completely agree. It just seemed like leading up to this in the last month or so, he was all OU. Well, in that same conversation, he said Oklahoma had the lead for the longest time. Okay. Right. So, my guess is maybe Georgia makes a late push. Missouri makes their late pitch. He ends up with the staying back at home, you know, whatever the case may be.
1: And like you said, though, man, this thing isn't over yet.
0: Signing days not until December. We got to go through the whole
1: season. Who knows what's going to happen with Missouri and their coach, right? What if he gets fired? What if they have a horrible year? What if you guys come out and have a top 25 defense and P.J. Atabari ends up being a stud. He sees how a freshman comes in and plays. Maybe he has a change of heart. But again, at the same time, Georgia's not going to stop recruiting him either. No, right? And nobody's going to stop recruiting this kid. Pretty much consensus, he's a top five player in the country. You know, like well, every recruiting service has him ranked that highly. So he's
0: he's just that a big, um, a big time guy. He's he's the you know he's the unicorn. He's these defensive lineman that everybody has to have. Uh, OU. Remains ranked 16th according to 24-7 Sports. Um, Basically, OU's hopes and dreams now hinge on October 26th where David Stone will make a commitment. According to On3, uh, there is a 79% probability that he chooses Oklahoma. This is the kid that is from Midwest City originally and is currently playing at IMG in Florida. Are you hearing anything to the contrary? I mean, is David Stone... I I mean, I'm hearing some things about
1: Miami that I heard that, you know, they're throwing some NIL stuff around. They're trying to get them. But, I mean, and I have heard Michigan State's name in there. I mean, Michigan State over OU would be a shocker to me. Miami seems to be the team that could be the biggest competition to OU. But again, man, home is home, right? Yeah. I don't know if his family's still here. I imagine his, his parents are still here. His mom's here. If that's the case man, I see O'U being hard to beat. And he's a five-star defensive lineman, man. You can take as many of those as you can get. Um,
0: you, if you, you lose the Wener kid, it's like, okay. That's whatever. You know, like that you make you can make a lot of excuses. This doesn't sound like one we can make excuses on. This sounds like one we have to have. And so, yeah. I think it makes the I think it makes the I think it's I don't even know what the words I'm trying to say. It just puts a lot of pressure on this one. You know, we lose out on Hicks last year. Winnery just recently. Um, It it, is a lot of pressure on this one. And we need to, you know, Venables and the staff need to bring it home. And if this is an NIL situation, I think this is one that they have to target as the person. You you got to step up. Yeah, you got to step up for this one. I mean, it's just a game right now, right? It's 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 what it
1: is. So these kind of things used to go on under the table for years. And now it's, it's all out there. My thing is, uh, real quick. Oh yeah, um, the Dominic McKinley kid also is a five-star kid out of Louisiana. I don't know if you've heard much about him. It seems like OU, Texas, Texas A&M, and LSU all trying to get him too. So, listen,
0: man. I've learned. Go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, as an OU fan, I've learned my lesson. I think on thinking you're going to pull kids out of Louisiana. It's tough. It is really, really, really tough. Unless unless they're leaving for Bama, yeah, they don't tend to leave the state of Louisiana. They are. Yeah, when you
1: think back over the last decade or so, the only kids out of you know out of Louisiana that left and didn't go to LSU is Devontae Smith, right, going to Alabama, like he said, Landon Collins going uh, to Alabama.
0: Fun note about Landon Collins: went to uh, my uh, brother's uh, high school in Louisiana. Really. Yeah, my uh, my brother was there when Landon Collins was there. No, he graduated with Justin Reed. Was Landon Collins okay. there? Was Landon Collins there before Justin Reed?
1: I think Landon is older older than Justin Reed, but Eric
0: Reed, what maybe? Oh, Eric Reed, Eric Reed. My my brother graduated with Eric Reed, the older one. Okay, Eric, my brother yeah. graduated with Eric, and so I think Landon Great Collins player. was there. Yeah, dude, how good was that high school team? You know, they didn't win a state championship with that with that level of player. Which it's is crazy how it works,
1: right? Yeah.
0: Um, but uh, my point is Landon Collins left for bama
1: you know and 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 I think the, I, Devontae, Eddie Lacy also
0: well, and I think the interesting thing about Landon Collins was though that he was uh, a transplant because of um uh Katrina. I think there was like a Katrina movement it, it we, with either we, Landon, with either Landon Collins or Eddie Lacey. i maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like he was kind of more from the mobile area and got transplanted over to okay. to Louisiana. Okay, I can see that. So there's something to I, I don't know. But my point is, as an Oklahoma fan, I don't know how Texas feels about it, but as an Oklahoma fan, you're just really hesitant. I mean, when a kid from Louisiana has LSU in his top five.
1: They're tough to beat, man. They, I mean, Texas fans know this. If you're old school fan, you remember Ryan Paraloo. Oh, absolutely. Class 2005, number one quarterback in the country, had been committed to Texas for almost two years. As we get closer to signing day, that pressure starts building. And, of course, on signing day, he flips to LSU, leaving us with some skinny kid named Colt McCoy as the only quarterback in the class, and we were freaked out about it.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, speaking of Texas recruiting, the opposite of losing a big five-star is signing – or not signing, but getting a commitment from a big five-star, and y'all did. Uh, Five-star edge player Colin Simmons, Duncanville – This is a ginormous win for y'all. Who is this player? What's he mean for the future of the defensive line? And what's it mean for the rest of your recruiting class? Well, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast and just how important
1: it is to have guys who can get to the quarterback, really in any league, especially in the SEC, right? That's why the SEC is dominated. Winning the college football playoff national championship for the last 15 years or so was because of the defensive linemen in that conference. I um, more than any other position, right? And Texas has recruited well over the years, but that's the one position where they haven't had a stud in a long time. The last five star edge guy that they signed was Jackson Jeffco.
0: Jackson Jeffco. And we all thought he was going to go to Oklahoma because his sister played basketball for OU.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He was out of so, Houston,
0: right? Out of Houston? No, he right? was out of Dallas. Out of
1: Plano oh, East or West? One of those two schools. Okay. So yeah, you got to out great player had a great career for texas that's the last time they signed a five-star edge rusher so it's a huge position to need he can come in and play right away it's a recruitment they really they had to get them they had to get him and i'm glad they did think about it though texas has to win this season because he's not going to go play on an average team because lsu was really close i think he still really likes lsu i think texas is better for him because it was closer to home but Texas is going to have to keep recruiting him even though he's committed and make sure he doesn't flip to LSU because he can go anywhere in the country.
0: Speaking of speaking of Texas needing to win, um, ranked 11th in the AP Top 25, people are picking Texas. I, I uh, read an article today, a uh, guy picking Texas to lose a close game to Alabama, win the Big 12 championship, and make it to the college football final. Not no. win it, lose it to Michigan.
1: Like the the oh to the playoff or the national championship.
0: Yeah, to the playoff, make it winning the semifinal and losing in the final to Michigan. Oh, was wow. this guy's okay. prediction interesting? This is some we t- Listen, we talked about Quinn Ewers hype on the last episode, and I feel like I beat that down pretty well. This is team hype. Art, I, I, I feel like I have to ask you every time we have a preseason one of these, right, for the next two or three episodes until the season starts, is the hype going to be too much for Texas to handle? Do you really think that they can make the jump from an 8-win team to an 11- or 12-win team with what they have on the roster and what they have coaching them right now?
1: Man, I don't know. I'm not picking them. And we'll have our official preview and predictions next week, right? So I don't want to give away too much. But I'm not picking them to go and be a playoff team.
0: I, I'm not ready to go there yet. Are you picking them I'm, to win the Big 12? Yes. You, so well, Here's the thing, man. If you're picking them to win the Big 12, you're saying they're going to go to the playoff. No, a I'm Big not. Twelve champion. Go a Big 12 champion is going to go to the playoff. Here's TCU, the TCU lost the Big 12 championship and still made the playoff. Yeah, they were, you're me, they were you're telling, though. You're telling me a Texas team that wins the Big 12, one of their only losses is to Alabama, is not in the playoff? I just have – I have – a hard time
1: believing that any team is going to get into the champion in the conference championship game without two losses. Also, I think, I think the league's is going to beat up on each other this year. I think Texas is the best team in the
0: league. So right you're, now. so you're okay. So again, your, your, your picks will become final next week when we, when we do our previews, but what it sounds like you're saying is a uh, loss to Bama and two losses in conference makes them nine and three maybe they win the Big 12. If they win the Big 12, they get to 10-3, and three, and that is not good enough to make the playoff. Correct.
1: Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, right, yeah. Now, you ask me right now, I think it will be a Pac-12 team that will make the playoff this year. I think you'll have, and then maybe Ohio State or Michigan, one of those two, and then uh, one like or two SEC teams. Yeah, or one or two SEC teams.
0: You, th- you, know, we, you we think we're still at four this year? So okay, so with big with Texas winning the Big Twelve, you think they're going to be the Big Twelve is on the outside looking in because we're going to cannibalize each other in the league. Yes, um, I can see that. I think if you can get to two losses and win the Big, I think either Oklahoma or Texas with two losses can be in the. I think I think you might even jump a Pac twelve team. Really Maybe difficult. not Oklahoma because their I
1: schedule's think, so bad. I think
0: Oklahoma I think, can only yeah, survive. The one schedule loss. is gonna hurt OU. I think Texas sure. could if the losses to Bama and losses, one though.
1: team and it's, but it's gotta be a good team, though. It can't be, you know, Iowa State or something. It needs to be, you know, OU or you know, another good team, a quality team. If TCU is good or if Texas Tech is good. It needs to be something like that. But it can't be one of those stinkers, man like one of those Oklahoma state type losses that they always seem to have. And that's my hesitance with them right now is I just can't trust them to go all season without having that one loss that they always have. That
0: doesn't make sense. Like the Oklahoma state loss last year or even the Texas tech one. I d- Okay. Listen, we talk about, we make fun of you all the time, right? Being like a rational Texas fan. Okay. I'm an irrational sooner fan. You are a rational Texas fan. You have the ability to look back from two, all the way back to 2010 and say, I need to see it first. Like, I, I get that from you. Is that fair to say? It you, is fair cup- because, honestly, I think
1: best case scenario, I think they can go – I think they have the talent to go 11-1. and one. Right? I think they have the team that can literally go 11-1. and one.
0: But you just but don't trust it yet. You don't I don't trust it. it yet, yeah. I haven't okay. seen it
1: enough
0: to make so, that big of a jump. So why is everybody else making that jump? I think i are
1: looking around the league. If you look around the league, right? I think Texas is a little bit more of a short thing than OU is right now. Right? The improvement between oh. five and seven to eight and five, I think it's an upward trajectory that can go to uh, 10 and two. 11 and one, I'm still not ready for that. But I think if you look at the trajectory – this is going I think this should be our best team since two thousand nine, which is not saying a ton. I mean, either way, I mean, but the, yes, the, I mean, the best team they've had since two thousand nine was, I guess, twenty eighteen, and they went ten and three or ten and right. four.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, they
1: should be better than
0: that. The, the team with um, yeah, with Ellinger the, that that went to the beat Georgia, yeah, right? That won, the, yeah, the Sugar Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, other teams in the top 25, K-State's at 16, TCU 17, Oklahoma at 20. Um, So we only have four in the top 25. But as we talked about last week with the Big 12, or maybe a couple weeks ago with the Big 12 preview, I still think there's just a lot of teams that are going to kind of mess around with you. You know, Texas Tech's going to be there. You don't know what you're going to get from BYU. Um, Oh, yeah, the
1: target's always there, right?
0: Oh, for both of us.
1: For both of us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially this year. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The I mean, the, the road games are going to be so hostile, especially... I mean, the new teams are going to be hostile, right? If we have to go to those, you guys have to go to Cincinnati.
0: We well, got yeah, Cincinnati
1: and BYU. And, and BYU. Yeah, on the road at BYU. We've yeah. got, I think, with Central Florida. We go to Houston. I mean, that is going to be insane atmosphere. Yeah. Right? And the refs aren't going to do us any favors either.
0: Um... You had mentioned Colin Simmons as a five star edge and how important that is. I did not talk about this last week, although I talked about this last year extensively. Hard knocks. Uh, have you watched any of this season?
1: I watched. I watched
0: the first episode. I have not
1: watched the second one yet. I don't um, care if well, you
0: spoiled it, though. I don't care. Well, I, well, it's just not really any spoilers. Um, there is a uh, mentalist that does some amazing like magic tricks that are fantastic. That I had to like show my girls this morning before they went to school because they were so cool. So yeah, definitely tune in for that. Um, but when you talk about edge in this episode, you have Will McDonald, right? Who you loved last year from Alabama. He was your boy. Uh, um,
1: not not Alabama. Iowa State.
0: Oh, is Will McDonald at Iowa State? Who was the Iowa guy from State. Alabama?
1: Uh, that's Will Anderson.
0: Okay, you're exactly right. Sorry about that. You know, I
1: love, you know I love Will
0: McDonald too. Will McDonald is a huge weirdo. Like huge. Oh my gosh, dude. Just wait till you watch it. They feature him. He's getting his nose pierced and his eyebrows pierced. Not just because it's piercing the guy is just odd. He's an odd, okay, odd he's different guy. He's a different kind of cat. And it's I don't know. That's one that's one point I wanted to make. Number two, they feature Quinn and Williams quite a bit. Now that oh, guy God. is awesome.
1: Oh man, he's good.
0: He's really, really good. And he's like a really fun guy to like just listen to and talk. I mean. And he's a now he's a Clemson guy, right? I'm not Alabama. Is Quentin Williams Alabama? Yeah,
1: he was on that team when you guys played
0: them in the playoff with uh Kyle Murray. Well, he's a stud and but he he's is. a really great guy. Who is the Williams kid I'm thinking about from Clemson? Um or am I not thinking about a Williams kid? Who who did who's the big guys that that uh all dropped um, got drafted got in had- the first round? Uh, uh, Chris, uh, Kristen Wilkins. That must be who I was thinking yeah. of. Golly, I'm uh, off today. I'm off today. Yeah. So I, just for the record, I was watching uh, Hard Knocks at like 4:30 this morning. I couldn't sleep, and so that was like my. I was trying to use it to go to sleep, but. And then the last thing I'm going to say is: Is this an Aaron Rodgers love affair? Like, have you ever seen this much love for one player? Not, not even just on Hard Knocks, but on anything.
1: I think you look at it from a Jets perspective, right? How good they were, how good that defense was. Actually, They won seven games with Zach Wilson and Mike White playing quarterback. And you bring in oh. a Hall of Famer. And look, Aaron Rodgers is not the same Aaron Rodgers he was a decade ago, obviously. But, man, you want to talk about being a savior in, in that market? Man, it's, it's a huge deal.
0: Yes, but these guys are professional football players, man, and they're fawning over him like he is freaking Jesus Christ. It is – it's insane.
1: Yeah. It's so interesting, though, because in sports, usually career – players don't play that long. So it's crazy that some of these guys were watching Aaron Rodgers when they were like seven, eight years old. Yeah. And to be on a team with them, I'm sure that has to be weird and kind of crazy. Like, man, I played you on Madden and all this stuff growing up, and now – I'm on your team. Like I heard, was it Mikael Hardman? Like I'm gonna be able to tell my son I played with you.
0: Yeah, I hear you, dude. But you know, where do you rank Aaron Rodgers? Oh, All-time man. quarterback.
1: I mean, he he's up there. He's a story. I think he's historically good. Top that, five, that only not. Top no.
0: ten. No. Yeah. Top oh, no, ten. Right. No top. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he still only has the one. Super Bowl, which yeah, correct. I know yeah. sucks and people don't like that all the time, but you know what, man? He's had some opportunities in playoff games and he hasn't got it done. I think correct. that's fair to say. Spot on. Spot on. And so, I mean, I listen, he can make throws. I remember remember that Cowboys game where he brought him back yeah. in the playoffs. I mean yeah, the sideline me, throw. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. So don't get me wrong, the guy is the guy's otherworldly talented. But in terms of just, like, guaranteeing that he's going to, like, be the savior for your franchise. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to work. Yeah, it's just not a sure thing that it's going to work. I think it's fascinating. But anyway, I just wanted to get that out there because we didn't talk hard knocks last week. Um, we don't have to talk it all the time. But the Aaron Rodgers love is too much. Will McDonald from Iowa State, huge weirdo. Quinn and Williams, not a huge weirdo. That guy's awesome. The um, New York Jets pass rush. Watch it. They're going to have –
1: just guys off the bench coming in and getting sacks. It, it's crazy the
0: amount of talented rushers they have. Well, you know, you watch it kind of like with Detroit when we watched it last year. It's just hard to know how good they are, right? Because everybody looks good in practice. Yeah. You know, they just all look so, so, so good. But, man, when they show some of the stats from last year and talk about some of the, the you know, numbers that the defense put up, it's pretty yeah. impressive. And if you happen to watch them, I, I know you I think you
1: mentioned you're gonna have Sunday ticket this year.
0: I got Sunday okay. ticket this year.
1: Okay. Watch the Jets and watch their pass rush. I don't know how good they're gonna be, but they're gonna get after every quarterback they face this season.
0: Dude, that's a stacked conference though, right? I mean
1: it is. But they've got the rushers to at least keep them in the game, right? And then they have Aaron Rodgers that could take, you know, potentially win those games for them. That defense kept them in most games last year.
0: You got Josh Allen and Tua in that comp, in that division. The division is there? Yeah. Is, is Aaron Rodgers still the best quarterback in the division? Oh
1: man, that is a great question,
0: and I don't know.
1: I mean, I you know what? I wasn't incredibly impressed with Josh Allen last year.
0: No, his numbers were down. Yeah, his numbers. So, Dayball, Dayball, who went to uh, the Jet or uh, the Giants when yeah. he left as the offensive coordinator at Buffalo. His you can you could it see it. Impact. You, you yeah. can see a noticeable drop in his numbers. His completion percentage was down, interceptions were back up. Um, but man, he's so fun to watch. He is dude, he's so fun to watch. You know, it's
1: funny because when he was in college coming out of Wyoming, I heard a couple of scouts say that when they watched him play, they're like, Yeah, he's athletically, he's pretty much to a Cam Newton-like level.
0: And I think they were they were pretty close to that. Dude, in some ways he might be more athletic. Like he is I, in yeah, terms of really just pure yeah. speed and shiftiness, you know, Cam was just always a big old dude that could just yeah. hammer guys. But, um, uh, Kevin, I want to take some time out here. We didn't do this on the last episode, but we need to thank our title sponsor Brown O'Haver. Uh, Brown O'Haver is a public insurance adjusting firm. That means that they work for you, not the insurance company in the processing of insurance claims. So if you've suffered a loss to your home or business, like a fire, uh, wind loss, tornado, hail, whatever the case may be, water loss, give Brown O'Haver a call, ask them how they can make you more money in less time than you would do it on your own. Brown O'Haver, 405-735-5510. Give them a call. They will get you more money for your insurance claim. So if you are up in Tulsa, Norman, um the 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 cold tornadoes from earlier this year, any of those storms and you've had any issues with your insurance company, it's time now to give Brown O'Haber a call 405 735 5510 They only get paid if you get paid. So there is a no risk uh, situation, if, you've, if, if you're if you having issues with your insurance company, or even if you just want somebody to take care of it and make you more money and get it more quickly, give Brown O'Haver a call. 405-735-5510. Ask for Kevin Miller. He's a licensed adjuster by the state of Oklahoma, and he can get you situated. Uh, Kevin, coming out of uh, Oklahoma camp, the things of note. I, dude, listen, I think it's all... I think there's two things that are real or one thing that's very positive and it's going to be the most interesting storyline in the first three games is going to be the safeties. Who is going to, who is going to go alongside Billy Bowman? Right. And if you think about the cheetah position as a, as a nickel, which I think is fair to say, like, I, I think I've said this before. Yeah. Teddy Lehman says, it says, you know, it's a glorified nickel. It's a linebacker. Sometimes that plays nickel. Um, but if you think about that as a as a second safety, dude, listen to the guys that you that that could potentially fill be beside Billy Bowman in the other two safety slash cheetah spots. Key Lawrence, returning starter, Deshaun McCullough, return uh transfer big one of the all big ten.
1: Right? Um, for, yeah, it was um at least freshman all big ten. At least
0: a freshman all big ten. Yeah,
1: he's big time um, talent.
0: Justin Harrington, who people love right now. They're all over Harrington. Uh, Reggie Pearson, big hitting safety from Texas Tech, uh, which who, who I love. I love the physicality that that guy brings. Uh, Peyton Bowen, who just falls out, dude. It seems like every time I turn on Twitter, there's like another Peyton Bowen highlight video of something amazing he did in practice. And not to mention Spears Jennings, who's just another really good player, dude. There's a lot of talent at the safety position. That has not been the case for Oklahoma. This is where I think from a defensive improvement standpoint, you can see it right there when I list those names. Last last year, it was Billy Bowman, Key Lawrence, Justin Boyles. That's it. That's all you had. You couldn't play anybody else. When Billy Bowman got hurt, they had to move Woody Washington from his corner spot into Billy Bowman's spot because they had nobody else they could put there against Texas. Right, I mean that. If that's not a clear indicator of where they were defensively last year and where they are potentially this year, I don't know, man. That gets me pretty fired up. And I think that that matchups that we're gonna, or not the matchups, but the lineups that we're gonna see in the first three games prior to the conference opener is gonna be an indicator of kind of where this defense is gonna be in terms of who they put out there, who it's gonna be. If it's m- for my money. I want to see Billy Bowman, Peyton Bowen, and Reggie Pearson. Those are the three that I want to see the most on the field. You've convinced me that McCullough is a is going to be a really really good player, but I've seen what Pearson can do from a physicality standpoint. Yeah, and I want to see more of that. And I want Bowen out there on the field because I think the kid's a playmaker. I, that that's my that's my dream. Not. I don't know. That's maybe not my dream matchup, but that's my dream lineup for the for, for the opening three games. I want to see what those dudes can do. Yeah, you know, and you, you will get tested a little bit, right? Now, you
1: shouldn't lose any of these games, and really they shouldn't be relatively close. But that SMU game, they're high-powered offense, right? We know they're going to put up numbers and points. So we'll be able to
0: see the improvements well, in the secondary. And look at Tulsa. Tulsa's uh, – is Ke- Kevin, Wilson's Kevin Wilson? Kevin Wilson. Uh-huh. I mean, dude, th- that guy. If anybody wants to remember who Kevin will, what Kevin Wilson did, he only led one of the most prolific offenses at OU, OU slash NCAA history in 2008. Six yeah. games over 60 points. I mean, and then he goes, in, he goes to Indiana where they're pretty good, but then he's the offensive coordinator at Ohio State where again they just throw up a ton of points. The guy knows how to coach offense. The guy knows how to coach football. Tulsa's gonna Tulsa will put up points too. I think these are perfect tests, Tulsa and SMU, for this defense to see where they're at. Because we're going to be better from a talent standpoint, but these coaches can really scheme some guys open, and it's going to expose us where we need to be exposed and hopefully be able to build on before we enter conference play. Now, have you heard about any players starting to separate? Because I think at this point in camp,
1: right, you should start seeing that separation, knowing, okay, this guy – is likely going to be a starter. We can't keep this guy off the field.
0: I mean, I think it's Peyton Bowen, but, you know, it's not like the coaches are going to tell you that. But in terms yeah. of, like, what the buzz you're hearing, it seems to be it's like, you know, yes, this guy's a true freshman, but it's going to be really hard to keep him off the field. Do you, like him at, do
1: you like him at safety or at shooting?
0: Free safety. Or, uh, uh, well – Whatever Bowman is, if Bowman's the free safety, then I guess that's the strongest. I don't know that that matters as much as it used to. It's yeah. just another safety. Yeah.
1: Who's right team I mean, out of the two,
0: though? You know what I mean? So who's, who's I think it's it, I think it's Pearson or McCullough, but people love Harrington. So I'm yeah. kind of, I don't have a clear answer on that. I just know what I've seen, and I saw Pearson light dudes up. Like, yeah. that's the physicality. To I mean, he
1: lit up OU last year.
0: We Dude, Oklahoma, it. Oklahoma hasn't had that guy, man. Yeah. We have not had somebody like that in the a,
1: He's a guy who forced Bijan to fumble in overtime last year.
0: I mean, he's a playmaker, right? Right. I mean, I mean
1: and Bijan, I never see him fumble. No. I Made mean, Bijan fumble. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, what? And so, so that's yeah. I, I you know, in terms of separation, um, other things, Andrew Anthony had a really good scrimmage. Uh and so, you know, at receiver so maybe he's positioning himself for that third receiver spot, but they keep coming back to Gavin Freeman um, in terms of improvement and size and bulk and playmaking. And, uh, you know, so we've talked about that with the receivers. I just, you you and I talked about this before uh, this afternoon when we were prepping for the show, when I look at the makeup of your top three receivers, savior worthy, um, Help me out. Who's uh, your other two? Jordan Whittington. Whittington. Yeah. Whittington. Yeah. And then the the transfer from Georgia. Yeah, when I good. look at when I look at those three dudes, those are some physical specimens. Worthy, maybe not so much, but the speed on Worthy and then the size of the other two guys is like it's intimidating, right? In terms of that. Oklahoma does not have that right now, except for what? Maybe Jaden Gibson? Yeah, I think was he about 195. But you're not getting that from Angel Anthony. You're not getting it from Brandon Thompson. You're not getting it from Gavin Freeman. You're not getting it from Drake Stoops. Farouk's a nice-sized kid, but he's not that big. So uh, it makes me nervous. It yeah, makes well, again, me nervous.
1: I think in your scheme, you don't have to have a lot of size, but you just need somebody to be that guy. Marvin Mims was that guy, right? He's the number one guy if you need – you know, if it's a big play, you know he's a guy that you can count on and throw the ball to, you and he can make things happen. We've seen it for two years, right? I just I saw think- it in
0: twenty twenty one. I just don't think we've ID'd that guy yet. You know exactly. What I, mean, but- I think
1: that's what you're really looking for, right? We know there's speed, right? I mean, Andrew Anthony can fly. You brought in Brandon Thompson. Brandon Thompson, Thompson. He can fly. He can fly. Yeah. Gavin Freeman. We saw him score a long touchdown in his first touch of his college career. So we know he's got wheels too, but you're looking for that guy, right? So I think that's what you're going to see. And
0: you might not know until two or three games in
1: if you have that
0: guy. I think Farouk has a chance to be that guy. Okay. Um, If he comes out of the shadow, you know, he's out of the shadow of Mims. He's now the number one receiver. You know, he didn't play a lot as a freshman. A lot was expected of him last year as a sophomore. Did he meet those expectations? I've been very clear about this. I don't think anybody met expectations on a six and seven team. Right. It's just like, no, he didn't meet him. So, you know, this is a pivotal year for him. You're going to you're going to find out if this is the guy or not. But again, when I compare it to the when I compare it to the Texas receivers, I am concerned. Right. So I think that's the area, the area where I'm excited about his safeties. The area I'm concerned is uh, receiver. Um, I'll say this, though. One. I
1: think I running game is going to be very good this year.
0: Oh, dude, I'm fired up about the running game. I think the offensive up.
1: line will be solid. I don't know how much depth you have.
0: I don't I'm know if fine. I said. I don't know if I said this last last episode. So if I'm repeating myself, I apologize. But I went back and rewatched the Florida State uh, Cheez-It Bowl. Dude, listen, we ran all over Florida State. We ran all over him. Sawchuck was a beast in that game, and to know that that's the guy that we're bringing back a year stronger, a year more in the system. And we're, and we're pairing them up with Javante Barnes a year stronger, another year in the system uh, with an offensive line that was able to handle a, a team as talented as Florida State. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about our running game. The um, receiving game, but our running game, yeah, I, I'm feeling pretty excited about it. Yeah, I
1: think you'll try to lean on that running game as much. And, again, you run it until you don't have to. And then if they start loading up, then you can – I'm sure somebody can at least get open.
0: Right? Uh, all right. Give me some, give me some Texas storylines. What, what's what's transpired? Is there anything new? Is there anything juicy that we can sink well, into? You know, the backup
1: quarterback, I have been adamant on this podcast since spring ball that Arch Manning was going to be the third string quarterback this year. Right? Yeah. He, and he's going to redshirt. There's a quarterback controversy, and it still isn't as far as him being the starting quarterback. That's not a thing. It's a Ewers all the way. But Malik Murphy and Arch Manning, apparently Arch was really good at the last scrimmage they had. Apparently he had a long touchdown run, which when it comes to the scrimmages and, and quarterbacks having long touchdowns, I don't get excited about that. No, because, because no, one's looking to,
0: no one's looking to lay out a quarterback. Yeah.
1: Correct. However, Sark did say that he hit 20 miles per hour on the GPS. That kind of caught my attention. I don't know if I believe it, but.
0: Um, is that fast?
1: It is fast. I mean, in the NFL last year, I think only five quarterbacks got to a higher speed than that. And we're, like, we're talking like. We're talking, about a, we're talking about a Manning. Correct. Yeah, I think that is five. Five quarterbacks got over twenty on the GPS last year. We're talking like Mar- Mariota, Justin
0: Fields. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, listen, I know he's a five-star quarterback. I saw some of his games in high school, or at least the highlights or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, I don't remember him being a particularly like overly athletic running a quarterback. In addition, I've got it in my mind that he's going to be like his like his two uncles you know, Eli and Peyton, who were not these athletic guys that ran around. You know, they were smart, cerebral, big, you know, big-bodied yeah, guys. Big strong yeah. are, are, So for the OU fan out there that has that same image, which I know they do in their brain, are you telling me he's not that guy? That he's a Marcus Mariota type? That he's a running type for, you know, a dynamic he's playmaker? A, no, but I think he has the ability if the play breaks down to
1: pick up extra yards with by running the football, you know, no one's saying he's, you know, Lamar Jackson, you know what I mean? He's not that guy, but I mean, he's not, he's not a statue back there. He's not going to be a guy who's just standing in the pocket and either it's going to be a throw downfield or a sack. It's not going to be that.
0: Um, I think that's kind of weird that that's the stat that they roll out for him though. This 20 mile an hour deal. I think that seems odd. Is that, not, is that not a weird stat? I don't know. Maybe this no, is just, coming from you, Texas. It just sounds I was stupid. surprised. It sounds was, like a no, stupid I was surprised.
1: Stat. Well, it, to me, that's more impressive than the 70-yard than the touchdown run because I couldn't care less about it. It was like when Jackson Arnold had the long touchdown run in the OU yeah. spring game. that's fair. Right? I, mean, I mean, that's like, fair. The speed was impressive, right? Just seeing him run, it's like, oh, it's like, oh, it wasn't the touchdown. Who cares about that? But it was like, oh, this kid can really run. So, you know, in in a game, if the play breaks down, it's something you have to account for.
0: It's something you have to account for. Okay. All right. But have you seen pictures of Malik Murphy? Oh, Does this guy not look like a physical specimen? He's a specimen, man. Yeah. He looks
1: straight out of central casting. man.
0: And is he going to miss the opportunity? Because here's the deal, right? Okay. Uh, Sure. Maybe he's the backup. And maybe if if something happened to Quinn – He's your guy that comes in, right? Okay. But is there a scenario where he doesn't ever see the field at Texas? Potentially. I think it'll be a competition. But let's just say Quinn has a great year. Okay. So I think it can think, happen. You think it's uh, going to be yes. a competition? Oh, my God. I don't believe it for a second. Yeah. Uh-huh. You can't. Texas is the most political school in the history of college football. They brought Manning in to play him. Not to sit him on the bench behind Malik Murphy, yeah, That's, it's just not going to happen, dude. Come on, yeah, you, no, you it can't be serious. He won't be handed the job at least not. He pumping. will be handed the job. Listen Kevin. to me. Listen to if me. If Quinn yours leaves to go to the pros, he will be handed the job. And I a said, good not if he pumping. stays. Okay, maybe not, pumping. dude. Everybody knows it, dude. Like you and I are just two. Hey, dudes. You guys had a. You,
1: you guys had a quarterback competition between Kyler Murray. And what's the kid's
0: name? Who's that? Uh, um, Austin Kendall. Yeah, but that was that. That was not real. Exactly. And Austin Kendall and Austin Kendall didn't look like Malik Murphy. That's true, but I
1: mean, it was against Kyler Murray. I it guess my port- quarterback competition. Well, I that's thought- what I'm saying. He won't be handed the job publicly.
0: Okay, so this. So, is, but I'm
1: there, talking there like there's a chance that Malik Murphy will not
0: play. There is a chance. So I mean, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Is you've got this physical specimen, you got a guy that looks really, really. I mean, he just is a big, good-looking dude with, you know, looks like he can throw it a mile. The whole deal. Yeah. I mean, this is, he. I mean, he's a guy that could be a transfer portal casualty, right? I mean, that could potentially, yeah. And here's the thing: when you
1: recruit good players, I just what happens? I love Mike Murphy. I would love for him to be the Texas starting quarterback at some point. I just don't know.
0: If Malik Murphy lines up next to Archie Man- Arch Manning in a foot race, does Arch Manning beat him?
1: Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah, okay. Malik Murphy is not that guy. He but I mean, if we're talking about throwing a football, I mean, god, he's got a cannon. Malik can probably throw 80 yards. Not that that matters in a game, but just we're just talking about for the purpose of arm strength.
0: I think it's rad. I do I I don't know. You know the te- for Oklahoma fans, it's the the backup quarterback at Texas is always like a scary proposition for us, because it's always there's always that fear that that guy's going to come in during the OU Texas game and where we haven't prepared for him. Oh, like Jason yeah. White
1: y'all did for you guys in 2001. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Who the hell is this guy running the option? What?
0: Yeah, no,
1: I know. Remember, he scored the only offensive touchdown on his first drive.
0: Listen, dude, Jason White was Tim Tebow before Tim Tebow. Yes. If he doesn't have, count him two knee injuries, I mean, he was he was an athletic, dynamic player. Talk about athletic, yeah. dynamic players. That was Jason White. Like, he was uh-huh. a fantastic athlete. And, um, you know, everybody only just remembers him as really being the statue quarterback, right? Just sitting back there and just kind of slinging it around. But, yeah, no, if he doesn't get hurt, he was a very, very dynamic athlete and would have made it. He was came his- into that game in 2001 at the Cotton
1: Bowl. No, offenses weren't doing anything. He comes in, changes the whole dynamic running. The speed option, option, yeah, and the, you know that first drive gets into the end zone. That was the only offensive touchdown in the game.
0: Yeah. Yep. No, he was no, he was fantastic. Um. Okay. What else you got besides besides Arch Manning secretly being the number one quarterback? What else do you have? out He's not the game?
1: number one quarterback, but he is. He's making the number two thing interesting. He's making it interesting. Also, uh, I think I talked about this last week with Jaden Catalan, the uh, transfer from Arkansas, big-time safety, who has not been able to stay healthy the last two years. He looks great. I don't know if he's going to be able to stay healthy. If he is, he could potentially be an all-conference guy. Um, Again, Alfred Collins, just like we talked about last week, I keep hearing the hype. I want to believe it, man. He's so talented. (laughs) This guy
0: is like if there's if there's a drinking game out there for the Boomer Bebo podcast it's every time Kevin Miller says the word talented describing a player at Texas yeah and listen, what that what, what that means what that means is talented but unlikely to produce on the field is that what that means are it we depends. just leaving that off
1: it depends we talk about talent all the time and talent is what gets you in the building right it's what guys who get kicked off teams get to go to other teams right whereas yep. It's that's why fair. Joe Vixen did not get kicked off of OU. That's fair. Right? That, yeah. So that's why I haven't – we talk about like someone like Spencer Rattler. I haven't closed the book on him being good because he's so talented. Right? That's why he'll get a shot in the NFL no matter how he stinks it up. Uh, him. I don't know. I You're a lot higher on Spencer Rattler than me. I'm not you. saying he's going to be a first-round
0: pick. But you no, know he's know in the but... NFL training camp next year? I mean, his, I mean, maybe, but his numbers just aren't very good. I mean, yeah. it, it's kind of like what I argue about with, uh, uh, you know, with Quinn. Like, like you say, he's talented, but the numbers don't reflect that. Like if you didn't have Quinn Ewers name and, and name, image, and likeness next to those stats, next to a Texas Longhorn helmet, Quinn Ewers would not be on anybody's radar for a performer to break out this year. It just wouldn't be the case. So I just, when you say talented, I, I hear hype.
1: I don't know if Texas has a ton to do with it. Like, he could be at Ohio State and it would be the same thing because he's still
0: well, a no, kid, you know, No, no, so. no, 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 no. That's that's fine. I think, the, But I do think that Texas – I think the media wants Texas to be so good. Like well, they want them to be good, even if it's to hate them, even if it's to knock them down. They still want Texas to be good. Well, yeah, but I think when
1: a brand like Texas is good, just like when OU is good, think college football is better, I'd love for Nebraska to be good again,
0: right? I, then, I, I am of very
1: polarizing.
0: I'm of the opinion that both schools are better when they're both better. Yeah. I, I mean, nothing would nothing would be better for Oklahoma and Texas but to play a good game in the Cotton Bowl and meet for a rematch in the Big Twelve Championship. Nothing would be better for those two schools going to the SEC. You can't right. if you're an OU fan or a Texas fan that can't see that, then you're 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 crazy. Like they would be better. I just don't know that Texas can get there. Right? Like we're gonna have to find out. But then again, you can throw six and seven back at me for Oklahoma. So I mean, I get that. Like I know that as well, an Oklahoma fan, I just I, I have a hard time seeing Texas break out. You you know what I mean? I do. And here's the thing, right? Because we're looking back at what's happened
1: with Herman and then Charlie strong. And then the end of the Mac Brown era. So it's easy to lump all that together. And I have a hard time getting away from that. There's scar tissue there for sure. There has for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But when you, I'm trying to tear it away and just look at this current coaching staff, right? Five and seven, eight and five. This should be the best. It should be a better team. So there's only one way to
0: go if you're better and that's up five and seven, eight and five. And then what was your recruiting class before last year? Cause the last year, um, ever- you know, the
1: first year, I- I'm not sure exactly what it was. It was okay. Okay. But it, but was it
0: wasn't, like a, it wasn't a top five. Yeah I,
1: yeah. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Both of us, but top five last year, a few guys will contribute from that team. A lot of guys from the one before that are already oh. contributing and more will.
0: Um, real quick, um. before we close out for the night, Oklahoma's schedule, the first four game times have been released. Arkansas State at 11 a.m. Do you know how freaking hot it's going to be at 11 a.m. for an 11 a.m. kick on September 2nd or whatever date? It's September 2nd, right? Yeah. Well, do you know what time Texas plays? Are you on 11 a.m. also? <laughs> no, 2.30. So it's going to be even hotter at 2.30. And y'all are on turf yeah I mean that's gonna be it's gonna be insane it's gonna be brutal
1: yeah
0: SMU is a 5 pm game so we're getting a little better uh, Tulsa 230. so you know by then you kind of think that it might be a little more manageable of course Cincinnati big 12 opener get fired up finally playing a team that you know should be able to give us a challenge and it's an 11. A- welcome to the welcome to the big 12 11 a.m kickoff so frustrating. It's just fru- it's frustrating, man. It, I don't understand. That's a early I really, game a road really, road really game. hope that changes in the SEC. That is an early road game, man. It's an early road game, and it just sucks, dude. I'm sick of it. I mean, I guess Ohio is technically in the Eastern time zone, so they'll, it'll be noon for them, but I don't care, man. I just think it sucks. Does Texas get as many 11 a.m. games as Oklahoma
1: does? Yeah, we get a lot of them, too. Um, let me check this year's schedule real quick. No, Rice is two thirty. Alabama, that's going to be a prime time game, right? So that's going to be at six p.m.
0: Um, now, why is it? Because is that because? Um, is that because? Oh no, it is at six. Is that because that's going yeah. to be an ESPN game?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, prime time. I don't know if Game Day is going to be there yet. There are probably some really good games that week, but I'm sure it's a candidate for it. And then Wyoming will be at seven. The next week, so they get a break there. They get a night game. So uh, I
0: mean, you've, three. Are, you've got two night games. I mean, the only game that yeah, we've I got know, close. 11 o'clock, yeah. Does it, when I look at the five PM SMU game, does that mean ESPN Plus? Is that what that means? I don't think it'll be plus. I would.
1: I would have a hard time thinking that game would be on ESPN Plus.
0: Yeah, because you got um, the Dallas market, right? You yeah, exactly. You would think with the Dallas market. So, which game is our plus game then? Arkansas State. Pretend? No, I think that's on Fox. Maybe the Tulsa game. I guess I don't know. It's frustrating. I get frustrated by our schedule.
1: I really. Well, we got see- one one more year. Just enjoy it this one last time. And- like
0: I guess I didn't realize that CBS has already shifted over to the Big Ten. They're covering Big Ten. Yeah.
1: The ESPN has brought out brought out the uh, rights for the SEC, and I believe that's I the knew team that, team. but I
0: didn't think that was taking place until we got there. That's taking place this year, huh? I don't think it might be, yeah. Uh-huh. Dude, I'm gonna miss. I'm not gonna miss
1: that two thirty SEC
0: game on CBS. Yeah, dude, I, I am that. not. I am not excited about Purdue and Ohio State at two thirty. That does not get me fired up. No,
1: they're gonna have to really work that schedule out and get some really watchable. Some watchable
0: games. Well, you know, back when when, when CBS did it, it uh, when they did the SEC, you know, there was a limit to how many times like Alabama could be on, which kind of, you know, would kind of suck by the end of the year because they wouldn't be able to flex and pick up an Alabama. Game. You know, you always, except for the Iron Bowl, you were always going to get the Iron Bowl, but there were some old, other good games that they just couldn't cover because they had too many Alabama games. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's going to be the same with Ohio State, if they're going to have the same setup and limit the number of times that Ohio State's going to be on there. Um, I, you know, they've got Michigan, that, that'll that take some of it. But outside of Ohio State and Michigan, I don't know. Penn State, I guess. Penn I don't State know. should be good.
1: Yeah, Penn State should I know.
0: Be good. I'm just not fired up about that. And that I'm,
1: I'm intrigued to see what Luke Fickle does at Wisconsin this year. He's going to change up their offense no more, you know, and switch it up a little bit. And I'm. Completely fascinated by Ohio State and Michigan this
0: year. Um, I also think Rule will do a good job at Nebraska. I I think I think he's a college coach. I think that's gonna that's gonna be a better deal. But outside of those guys, I mean, I'm not fired up about the Big Ten. There's not. um, No, I'm actually
1: more fired up about the Pac-12.
0: You got Utah, Oregon, and USC. I mean those those three teams. About Washington. Don't, okay, i sure. We'll throw Washington. Those four teams are legit. Yeah, I mean, I Cam. Ri- any
1: of those four teams won the
0: conference. Cam Rising is back, and all he did last year was go two and zero against USC. Um, Oregon with another year with Dan Lanning, and I'm guessing is Bo Nix still their quarterback? He is. Mm-hmm. I mean, who's the quarterback? Oh, well, I guess y'all played him in the bowl game, right? Yeah, so that's what uh-huh. you're Michael
1: Penix Jr. Yeah. And, he'll and be back. he and he's returned. He's okay, back. so that's yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And they've got some really good receivers, man. They've got really good receivers. Wouldn't that be a,
0: Wouldn't that be amazing if the Pac-12 finally made the playoff? Only, I mean, I know finally they've made it before, but in a long time, made the playoff with one of those teams, and then they all leave, and then the dis-, dis. Seriously, it's over. Yeah, I mean, talk it's about over. insult to injury. I hope it's not USC though.
1: I, I mean, and to
0: be honest, really, I don't like Oregon either. I think I'd, I think it'd be Utah. You think it'd be Utah? Like, I think that'd be the team I would I would it's, most it's, I like can't to get bet there. Against
1: Caleb Williams, and remember, in both of those Utah losses, he got injured. He was limping around like crazy. In uh, the second yeah,
0: game. you know what it's called in the second game? It's called loser's limp. It's because he was losing. That's why he got oh, no, no. He,
1: no 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 no. Don't were, even give it to me. They this were is... by two scores. Oh my gosh! Here he goes. Listen Dude. to me. Don't 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 say that. I, have to I, deal with I Caleb. just said it. What are you talking I have about? To deal with Caleb
0: I just Williams. said it. I just I this You knew this to us
1: in the Red River shootout in 2021. Are you kidding me?
0: Listen, dude. You, you haven't felt his wrath. He just left. That up and down, that 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 last quarter of him limping around like a freaking gimp was he too much. Hurt
1: in the I couldn't quarter. deal with it,
0: dude. I couldn't he deal with it. The, it was too much. He got hurt in the second quarter. They were Whatever, dude. He was such a baby. I, now, no, I, now, I, no. When he listen, painted on
1: his I nails, though, that was that? that was what he painted on his nails, that on his fingernails. Was fingernails.
0: That, was that was stupid. Was, that was come absurd. on, dude. What are you doing? Okay, look. I said this, and I'll say it again. That's where. That's when you know that Lincoln Riley is a. um, He's not a good coach, like players. Coach or not, you see that. You see that. You hear about it. You know it's there. You go to your player and go, look, bro. Listen. I know you. I know you're a different kind of guy, and I know you like to do this stuff with pain over that. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not allowing that on the field. Like you got to be able to say that you're a coach. Like step up. I'm pretty sure he talked to him about it.
1: Then why did? Then why did it? Then why did go doing it on the field? I mean, I, I don't think
0: he noticed it until. It was oh come on, on Kevin. What did he do? You. You think Why? He's looking at his guys fingernails and warm Why are you so blind to Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams sometimes? Of course he knew about it, dude. Of course he knew about it. You're telling okay, here's the problem. If if the head coach doesn't even know that his star quarterback has that on his fingers, then he is that he's detached from reality. Come
1: on, I just man. I he has more things to worry about during the conference championship game than what his
0: starting quarterback has painted on his fingernails. I actually, actually, I don't because it's that kind of stuff in a college football environment that gets the other team fired up. It's that I kind of stuff. I completely
1: agree. I honestly it's, don't think you notice until during the game. I do, I think you. are. When have we ever seen anything like this?
0: It uh, wasn't even till like it wasn't the middle of the game. Like, what is on his nails? Listen, dude. I think it's absurd. I think he was limping around because he was losing in the fourth quarter. He was accentuating it. It was miserable. And Utah Perfect. beat Utah beat them down. They At least acknowledge that they beat they, them down.
1: Oh, they physically pounded
0: them. But yeah. Th- twice. Yes. Yeah. Twice. That, I mean, that's – look, Caleb Williams, we read his numbers last year. I mean, the guy's fantastic. He really, really is. But I was not ha- – I did not – I was not thrilled with the way he played in that game in terms of just how he presented himself. I didn't love it. Um, And I really think that if Max – or if Duggan – yeah, Max Duggan, right? If Duggan Mm -hmm. would have gotten into the end zone against K-State, I think it could have been a – I think it would have been a closer Heisman vote. I really do.
1: Man, I just couldn't imagine Max
0: Duggan win the Heisman over Caleb Williams, man. I just – Well – He's, he's He wouldn't have been a better player, but that would have been a Heisman thing to occur. Can they get any better on defense? They have to get better, right? It's kind of like what we saw from OU this
1: year. No. You guys cannot be worse on defense. They can't be worse, right? Have they they changed, have to get
0: better. Have they changed coaching staffs? No. Have they changed strength and conditioning? I don't think so. Has Lincoln Riley decided to dedicate more time to the defensive side of the ball? I couldn't tell you that. I have no idea. Uh, have they signed recruits that make you go whoa on the defense on the defensive side of the ball? No. The answer is no.
1: They got a good linebacker, Tacky Curtis, Cal Louisiana, five-star linebacker. That's all I could like think of.
0: Yeah. I'm my point is no. It, it, that, it was the problem at Oklahoma. It was the problem of why he didn't want to be in the SEC is because he, it, it, we were a soft team, dude. We were a soft team under Lincoln Riley. USC is a soft team. You look at the two losses they had were against two of the – it was against Utah. who's just a tougher team. Kyle Whittingham is just a tougher coach. Then they go play Tulane. Tulane beat them down the same way they almost beat Oklahoma down a couple of years ago. So, no, it's <laughs> – no, they're not going to be better defensively. You guys were not ready for that Tulane game, Right. None of us were What the heck is this? You want to know how soft we were in that game? This, this tells you all you have to know about a Lincoln Riley coach team. All right. 11 a.m. kickoff, right? It was so hot, he warmed up on the indoor facility. They didn't warm up on the field. Really? Dude, what else do you have to know? No, is I, I didn't weakest, know that. Is that the weakest thing you've ever heard? That's pretty crazy.
1: That day I was traveling to Colorado. And I got off the plane, got to my sister's place, and the game had was already on. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I've, I've never. Yeah, heard of
0: no, that. but that's what I'm saying. That that's yeah. that that is that's what you're dealing with, right? In terms, you you know, you talk about hard nosed football, and you look at like a Kyle Whittingham. Whitting, Whittingham you look at um, Nick Saban. You you look at Kirby Smart, right? You hope Brent Venables is going to get there, um, but that's what you that's what you want, right? you want these these guys that are just like they're tough they they're yeah. tough football players you that's not what you're gonna find on a lincoln Riley coach team it just isn't they it just okay. it's not their culture
1: so, so what do you think for them this year you think 10 and two you think they're you think they take a step
0: back from last year uh what's their schedule uh we're getting a little late on the, on the on this cat on this uh podcast but let's let's check out their schedule real quick
1: let's just I, like I said, and we got on this because we're talking about the Pac-12, and I think the Pac-12 is actually going to be good this year. I think they're going to have four legit teams that can make the college football playoff.
0: They uh, they could lose to Oregon, Utah, and Notre Dame. Okay. That's all good. yeah.
1: now let's see they fun. don't play Oregon State because Oregon State's pretty good too.
0: No, I didn't realize that, and I saw that they were ranked – and I'm yeah. thinking, man, what a great year for them to be really good, only to get shut out of a Power Five conference. I know it was
1: crazy. it's crazy.
0: Um, I think they could. I think USC has three. I, I well, I would pick them to have three losses because I just think they're weak. I think. Listen, dude, Caleb Williams gave me the greatest moment of us in my sporting fan life. The greatest single game of my life. It was, it was otherworldly, and he was fantastic in that game. And I do not hate him for transferring to USC. I don't have ill will towards him. But it was weak what he did against Utah with the fingernails. And then it was weaker what he did in the fourth quarter. And as long as he's with that coach, they're not going to have a defense. He's going to have to carry him. And I don't think he can win 12 or 13 games all by himself. Although if there was was somebody that could, it might be him. He's Superman. It might yeah. be him, but I don't think yeah. I don't think he can do it, and not in that league. I think Oregon is tougher. I think Utah is tougher. I, we'll have to wait and see on Notre Dame how tough they are. Uh, you know they'll be tough. I just don't know if they'll be good. They weren't good last year. They were okay. Well, they didn't start out good. If you could remember
1: their offense, man. They, Tommy Reese is gone now. He, yeah. Nick Saban hired him to be Alabama's coordinator. I don't know what they're going to do. I like Marcus
0: Freeman. We'll see. Uh, Kevin, we are way over time. This was awesome. Uh, we've got uh, Oklahoma and Texas uh, season previews next week. We're going to get them both in. And then the following week is game week. And I am getting – dude, listen. It just gets – the itch gets itchier and itchier. So Yeah, man.
1: The anticipation is there. Looking into the season, man, we can talk for hours about this. We can break down everything. So, yeah, it's going to be a great season. We're going to have full breakdowns on the uh, Arkansas State versus OU and Rice versus Texas week one. Of course, we go national. We'll talk about all the big games, and they are going to be some big games
0: week one. Really, we got week zero next weekend. We have week zero next weekend, but I, I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to dude, listen, we're gonna, we could talk about all this. I'm looking forward to Florida State LSU though. I can't wait. Oh anyway, it's it's gonna be amazing. Oh, we gotta we gotta we gotta shut this down or this thing's gonna take two hours. Kevin, have a great evening. Boomer. Yeah, man. him.